Hello, and welcome to the Stat Financial Health EMS Personal Finance Podcast, powered by GEMS. We're here today with Chief Bruce Evans. Chief Bruce Evans is the chief in the Upper Pine River Fire Protection District in Bayfield, Colorado. Chief Evans has had a distinguished career in fire and emergency services and is the past president of the National Association of EMTs, as well as recipient of the James O. Page Leadership in EMS Award. Chief Evans, welcome. Hey, Sean, great to see you again. And uh, I think, you know, always good to note that uh, I enjoyed your time on uh, the board of directors uh, at the NAMT and that uh, you have that experience too. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being a guest on the podcast today. I know this was an idea you had when we saw each other a few months ago at EMS on the Hill Day. You were excited to come on and talk about charitable giving and the benefits of charitable giving. And as an extension of that, we can talk a bit about donor advised funds, which are one tool which is out there for that purpose. I'm curious though, what what are your general thoughts about charitable giving and who do you like to give to? And why would you recommend EMTs, paramedics, emergency care clinicians? Why would it benefit them to get in the habit to give to charity? Charitable giving is always part of, uh, I think, having a well-rounded life. And, you know, we joke about this in the dark humor of EMS and say that there's no luggage racks on a hearse. And, you know, you can't take it with you. And, you know, I, I, there's a lot to be said about, uh, you know, how much inheritance you want to pass off um, and, and whether, you know, your your offspring should should have some work experiences and and find their own way versus kind of being, you know, that uh, proverbial trust fund baby. So there's a big piece that comes to charitable giving. And I think there's a lot of people out there in need, especially when you look at the EMS world. You know, everybody has foundations and we have a lot of things that are going on that are nonprofit related events in EMS, everything from the National EMS Memorial to NEMT's uh, EMS Foundation. Um, and there's probably some other foundations that are going on around your local EMS operating area that you don't even know about that could use, you know, a little bit of cash infusion um, in your charity. Absolutely. Yeah, I know we work in public service, so we feel we're always doing for others and we have a spirit of, of wanting to help others in, in other ways too. And I remember when we were first talking about this topic, one of the things you were telling me was that you had established a donor advised funds for your son, Oliver. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so so I itemize and I think people know me long enough. You know, I do a lot of public speaking and I do a lot of projects and I book royalties and I have other sources of income that come in and, and kind of a quasi, uh, you know, uh, sole proprietorship. And uh, so, so I'm always looking to itemize. And a few years ago, I was kind of thumping through with my, um, you know, financial platform that I use, which is Fidelity. And, um, and I saw that they were offering these donor advised funds, which were essentially a charitable mutual fund. And at that time, you know, there was a significant tax deduction for it. Um, and I was, uh, I was looking for something to offset, um, you know, some income that had occurred. You know, and it, it's one thing to get your annual salary from whatever EMS agency you're working for, but sometimes a lot of the side work, even though it's fun um, and the income that you make from that winds up putting you into a different tax bracket or, you know, becomes a bigger tax burden for you. So I was looking to offset that. Um, so I set up the Oliver Fund 
um, which is a donor advised fund and a charitable mutual fund system um, that's run through Fidelity. And I, I populated that um, with uh, for about three years with money that um, I could use when I would uh, when I was itemizing um, to offset that. That's awesome. And a little bit of nerd speak for our listeners. A donor advised fund is a fund held by a sponsoring organization. In this case, Bruce did it through Fidelity and you can get into a donor advised fund for only a few hundred dollars through them. And with a donor advised fund, any donations you make are donations to a nonprofit entity. They're irrevocable. So once you give the money to them, you cannot get it back. However, you do have the ability to direct where those funds are distributed in the future. And what you're looking to do is invest those funds over time so that if you would have made a, a donation of $100 today, if in 10 years from now that's doubled to 200, you now have $200 to distribute to a charity of your choice at that time. So it's a way to make donations now that are gonna result in larger donations later. Bruce, I have to ask you, what are your favorite organizations to donate to? Yeah, Sean, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, the number one thing that I always try to give a little bit of money to is the, um, the National EMS Memorial. And, you know, they do a fantastic job there. It's totally volunteer for what they're doing down there. And and if you haven't attended the National EMS Memorial or, you know, maybe you were unfortunate enough to lose a loved one or a co-worker and got to go down and experience what Jan and her team put together on that thing, it really is a, a remarkable um, event. So so I think uh, they're they're definitely a worthy charity. Uh, to give stuff to. Um, in the past, I've donated to the National EMS Memorial Fund, which is uh, different than the, um, the, 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 there is a, a chance that we are probably going to get a, an actual um, physical memorial um, that is going to be in on the mall in DC and the folks from Boston have facilitated getting this off the ground. Um, and it looks like they're down to the three sites and it's going to take a lot of money. They have to have you know, so many millions of dollars in the bank before they're they're actually going to break ground on the site. Um, so that's another worth, worthy charity. And then uh, the NAMT has a foundation, which is a 501c3 that you can um, put money towards. And one of the great things about that foundation is, is that it provides scholarships for future EMTs and paramedics. And uh, it also provides some funding for HOSA, um, which is the high school uh, programs that compete uh, in medical um, in a medical competition uh, annually. Um, so those are good. Now, I would tell you that locally, you know, here in um, Southwest Colorado, you know, I, I, I've done some stuff with the Boys and Girls Club and uh, given them some charitable contributions. And then also the Alzheimer's Foundation um, and did the Alzheimer's walk with the folks and uh, gave them a fair amount of money the last time uh, they were in town. And um, so I think, you know, going back to your comments about having a bigger donation, I mean, it's one thing to give 25 bucks to the Humane Society, you know, for, you know, a pet adoption. But, you know, the nice thing about these donor advice funds is that you can continue to build up um, money in them. And again, if they're attached to a mutual fund like mine is, you know, it's getting capital gains that are reinvested back into the to the fund. And, and it gets bigger and bigger every year. And I peel off a little bit of it and give some of it to certain charities. I think out of that particular fund I've given to the NAMT Foundation and also to the West Des Moines EMS Association 
you know, where I got my start and where my family all kind of came up the ranks in EMS. And um, they have a big memorial that's out in front of their headquarters building that a lot of that money goes to. And, you know, um, a uh, honor guard that has a bell and all kinds of pomp and circumstance uh, material that they need to purchase uh, through the nonprofit there. But, you know, I, I envision someday that maybe my old armor mata at, uh, at UNLV or at Mary Greeley Medical Center will have the, you know, Bruce Evans uh, Memorial EMS library there. And, uh, you know, and I can make a big donation into that. Or my son, you know, will hopefully, uh, you know, as he gets older and gets out of high school and he uh, starts to realize the value of charitable giving and he'll have a little bit of money that he can toss out. Um, you know, I, I tell him that, uh, you know, you meet some wonderful people at charitable events. Um, you know, it's nice because those people are usually folks that are well established, they're successful, and probably more importantly, if they're at a charitable event, they probably got a big heart. Um, and, and those are the good people that you want to hang around with. Agree completely. And I, I have to echo your comments about the National EMS Memorial Service. I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to be at the service twice and to see what the organization there does for the families. It is a true weekend of paying honor and tribute to the loved ones who died in service to our profession. And the families are treated incredibly well. It's it's a very worthwhile cause. And being able to establish ways that you can support causes like that that are meaningful and using investment vehicles to be able to give even more than you otherwise would be able to is is just such a, a great thing to consider. Yeah, and, you know, and, and Sean, I would tell you that, you know, just a quick story about one of the charitable events that uh, I held and and really, you know, it became, I think, more important for me in the future to after this event to to continue to engage with charitable organizations. Um, so one of my students, when I was a teacher at the College of Southern Nevada in, in Las Vegas, uh, she was a flight medic and the helicopter went down and killed everybody on board. And, and Calais got one of those leafs on one of those boards at the National EMS Memorial Service. But, uh, you know, Calais was a very, you know, beloved uh, EMS provider in the Las Vegas metropolitan area. And uh, we really didn't have a 501c3 that we could set up that uh, would go specifically to her or, you know, um, and again, that, that's a big haul to, you know, get the tax status for all that. However, at the College of Southern Nevada, we had a foundation that was a 501c3. And that foundation was doing all kinds of things. It was raising money for buildings. It was raising money for research. It was raising money for memorial scholarships in people's names. So it was the, the natural place to kind of engage and raise some money for, um, you know, so that we'd have a memorial scholarship in Kalea's name that would be endowed or in perpetuity, where it would raise enough money that the interest off of it would pay uh, for a student to attend the EMS program. And 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 it would, and again, that the meaning of endowment there that, you're putting enough money in to start it out with it, then the interest off of it, uh, you know, carries the the scholarships into the future without any additional monies, or if people do want to make uh, donations into it. So we did uh, a charitable softball uh, game that started to fund that, um, and it was very successful. It wound up with like uh, three or four thousand dollars that we were able to put in there, but we were still trying to get to our kind of ten thousand dollar mark to endow the thing. So the college donated um, its um, 
it's a, a culinary lab. Um, so we we're very fortunate in the College of Southern Nevada to have a wonderful uh, restaurant where all the students that were in the culinary program prepared the meals there twice a week. And uh, we engaged the chef and the instructors from the culinary program there and all the students and we got a bunch of people to donate uh, in all the food and all the prep stuff. Um, and we had a magnificent five course meal um, in her name and it was a per plate dinner. And uh, we raised like, I think we put another seven or $8,000 into her foundation memorial scholarship fund. Now, you know, back in the day, if I'd have had um, this uh, donor advice fund and had, you know, a significant amount of money in there, Clay was, I think, a special uh, student of mine. And, and, and I just thought she was, you know, she was a good salt of the earth person and she would have deserved to have her name in perpetuity. I would have given a lot more if I had the ability to do that. Um, so, you know, again, the creation of these funds, I think, is very important. And certainly, you know, like I said, I, I do a lot of work on the side that's outside my normal salary and, and it forces me into the Schedule C piece. Uh, you know, so, so again, these are a nice tool to have to be able to do something good for somebody um, that gives you a little bit of a tax break when you're itemizing. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that story. It sounds like you and your colleagues did a remarkable endeavor to support your fallen colleagues. So that's that's very moving. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. Are there any other things you'd like to share with the listeners of the GEMS podcast before we sign off for today? Yeah, Sean, I think it's important. Um, you know, one of the things I learned, I guess, early on, you know, I, I, I did a lot of extra speaking and like I said, uh, you get honorariums and you have travel expenses. And then, like I said, if you're writing for people and people are paying you to write for them, these are all side projects that go on that uh, that I think are required for you to kind of get a, uh, you know, a, a Schedule C filled out. You know, and, and one of the, you know, I was taught a long time ago through a book called Wealth Without Risk. Um, a guy named Charles Gibbons that uh, had written that book a long time ago. And in the first, you know, one of the very first chapters that he talks about with financial security is to get your tax burden under control and, uh, you know, to recoup as much tax money as you can um, or pay as little taxes as possible. And, and that's when I discovered, you know, kind of the Schedule C piece of that and itemizing for, um, you know, for my kind of side business that I do and all the instructional material I do. And even to some extent, the research you're doing on textbooks or other books that you may be writing and, and discovered that all that was tax deductible. But, you know, the Schedule C is a little, um, it's a little challenging if you're not good at math and you're not, you know, you don't know all these tax forms. So I, I think maybe you want to say something about, you know, what the advantages of having somebody guide you through a Schedule C form. Thank you, Bruce. Yes. So I, I too, early in my life and my career, I've encountered the Schedule C income usually comes in in the form of 1099 contractor work, uh, teaching EMS for the local county or fire department or the hospital, doing some ACLS or PALS courses on the side. And 
to your point, you're exactly right that you want to limit your limit your tax burden as much as possible. You want to deduct the ordinary, necessary, and reasonable expenses that were incurred getting that income. That way, you're really only paying tax on on your net income. And unfortunately, some folks wind up being surprised when they file at tax time that they have a larger tax bill. They were anticipating a refund, and now they have to cut a check because since it was contract work, they would have had to have made estimated tax payments or changed their own primary employment withholding to make sure that the taxes would all balance out at the end of the year. So unfortunately for some people, that extra income, uh, if they're not properly deducting their expenses and not forecasting their taxes, becomes a real surprise at tax time. Yeah, and I, I'll have to echo that, Sean. I, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I had a pretty big tax burden myself this year and I uh, had to send the IRS in the state of Colorado a, a check for additional monies and uh, I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> so, uh, and I went back and I thought to myself, geez, I should have marked this, I should have done this. Um, I should have had a little bit of proper advisement or uh, paid a little bit more attention to the Schedule C and um, all those expenses over the course of the year that I could have deducted. Yeah, that's that's a common thing. I know earlier in my life and career, I ran into it myself. And uh, there's a lot of rules to all this stuff. So it helps having uh, a geek like like me, who's able to skim through the tax code and really learn what you can take, what you can't. And in the past few years, it's really been changing a lot. All the rules keep uh, moving the goalposts. But it is it is an important thing to pay the taxes that you owe, but not pay the taxes that you don't owe. That's for sure. Well, thanks, Sean, for uh, the advice and let me tell my story here. And, uh, you know, again, I, I think... Uh, the opportunity to give some charitable contributions to any number of EMS charities around the country that are all in need of your your charitable donations. And uh, certainly many of them are worthy. Um, and I don't think we get through a, a, a long career in this business without seeing that there's a cause somewhere that you wish you could have given a little bit more to. And this is certainly a way to do it. Thank you so much. I want to thank Chief Bruce Evans of the Upper Pine River Fire Protection District for joining us today. He has, he is our first guest on the Stat Financial Health EMS Personal Finance Podcast powered by GEMS. If you have thoughts about charitable giving or donating to charity, please reach out. You can contact us via the Stat Financial Health uh, website. I'd be happy to cascade along any messages to Chief Evans. Until next time. Thank you for joining the Staff Financial Health EMS Personal Finance Podcast powered by GEMS.